How you doing, Rock family? Happy Sunday, happy Sunday. I am so excited about this series. Thanks for coming to church today. I want to welcome everybody, um, all the friends of our people in our church. Uh, I'm Miles McPherson, pastor of the Rock Church. Welcome to church. I'm praying and been praying that the Holy Spirit challenge you. I, I know that uh, if you allow him to speak to you and you do what he says, he will challenge you to a whole nother level in your life. Hey, listen, before we pray, if you can hit the share button on your device and more and get the word out to all your social media uh, network and your family about this message. And then we're going to kneel for a word of prayer. Um, let's get on our knees. Get on our knees wherever you are. Look to the person next to you and just kind of go, let's go on our knees. Let's sit on our knees. And we get on our knees because we want to continue to remind ourselves who's king and who's not. And so get on your knees. Uh, this is hard concrete. So I don't know what you got floor, what your flooring is, but I'm sure it's not harder than this. Amen. So let's pray. And uh, listen, when we pray, let's posture our hearts uh, before God and say, God, challenge me. I didn't come to church to check the box. I want to be better. I want you to do something in my life, something supernatural. I want you to bring healing and relationships. I want you to deliver me some stuff that I'm in bondage to. Let's pray that God do something amazing in your life because he's got way bigger plans for you just to get you through than to just get you through your day. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, you tell us to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God that you may lift us up in due time because you care for us. And so we uh, humble ourselves in your sight and acknowledge that you are God and we are not. And we acknowledge that you love us, that you have great plans for our life. But they will be realized and lived out if we submit. And so we submit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's get our Bibles out. Get your Bibles out. I know you're probably tired of me saying word, word. But you know what? Let's keep doing it. This is the word of God. We want to trust in it, especially when we see everything in our world being turned upside down. This has not changed. Government's going to change. Culture's going to change. Health, you know, how we live, social distancing. Who ever heard of that six months ago? A mask, whoever heard of that, but this has not changed and will not change. So let's lift it up on the count of three, say word, one, two, three, say word, word, turn to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 10. I was sitting at dinner recently and my wife and I were sitting at dinner talking, and, and I randomly asked her, how's your friend Kim and her boyfriend Jerome? These are real people that I met, I don't know, five, well, I met Kim, but Jerome I had met five, six, seven years ago. I can't remember. It's been years that I've seen both of them. So I said, how's your, how's your uh, friend Kim and Jerome? We haven't talked about them in a long time. And my wife says to me, I was just thinking about them. It is almost on a daily basis that my wife and I will say, think of, do the exact same random thing at the exact same random time. We are so much one that we are starting to think the same things at the same time. I can't explain it. I can only tell you it happens. Today I want to talk about difference-making intimacy. Uh, one of the 12 attributes of discipleship is that you have face-to-face -face 
intimacy with the Father. Face-to-face intimacy with the Father. Now, last week we talked about ministry, mentoring, and multiplying, which I'm going to get to in a minute. But as a disciple, someone who wants to make a difference in the world, you need to have face-to-face intimacy with the Father. You can't make a difference. Now, last week I asked you this question, why did you get saved? And I went through some options that you want to go to heaven, or you want to be a better person, you want to love better. And all that's great, but in the end, God calls us to be disciples who bring the kingdom and through which he can bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven through his disciples. That's us. So we started this series called Difference Maker, that we are disciples who make a difference by doing ministry, mentoring, and multiplying. We'll talk about that in a minute. But in order to do that, I need to have face-to-face intimacy with the Father. So we're going to talk about how you can have that today and live that out as a difference-making disciple. Now, what is intimacy? Intimacy is vulnerable proximity to the Father in every dimension of your life. In other words, transparency is saying, I'm going to tell you stuff about me. Being vulnerable says, I am allowing you so much access that you can actually hurt me with that access. In other words, when you become vulnerable with the Father, God, you're saying, God, here's all my sin, here's all my guilt, do with me whatever, and allowing God to guide you and change your life. That's vulnerable. That I'm coming so close to the Father that his will becomes my will. His words become my words. His ideas become my ideas. Face to face. Not that I'm looking at him, but we are actually becoming one, my wife and I's oneness is just a small taste of that. So let's do a little review. Last week we talked about another. in order to be a difference maker, you have to do three things. You have to minister, mentor, multiply. Number one, are you leveraging your gifts to do ministry that expands the kingdom of God? That's a question that you have to answer. If you're going to be a difference maker in the kingdom of God, Number one, you have to be doing ministry with the gifts that God has given you. Uh, You can go to our website. You could text gifts test, gifts plural, G-I-F-T-S, test, one word, to 52525 and take a spiritual gifts test and find out what your spiritual gifts are. So if you're going to be a difference-making disciple, you have to know what your gifts are and be using them just like I am right now. What are your gifts? It doesn't mean you have to be in full-time ministry, but if your gifts are helps, if you have the gift of helps, who are you helping in the name of God? Who are you helping? Who is the Holy Spirit using you to help? Who is the Holy Spirit using you to exhort, encourage, assist, serve? So ministry, so ask yourself, number one. And that's a, it's, it's either, either you're using your gifts to minister or you're not. And if you're not, that's step one. If you want to be a difference maker, bring the kingdom of God to, to earth. Number two, um, are you mentoring someone or equipping someone else that they may expand the kingdom of God? We talked about being in our groups. If you're not in our group, uh, which is our small group ministry here, you could text groups to 52525. I would challenge you. We want all of y'all to get in one. We want all of you to be in one. If you're not one in one, no one's encouraging and challenging you, holding you accountable, the- theoretically. I'm not saying you can't have somebody else. But that's our system. 
where you are in a group. I have a group. I meet every week with my group, four couples, and we meet and we talk, challenge each other, pray for each other, etc. So who's in your group and what group are you in? Start a group. If you go to text our groups or groups to 52525, we'll help you start your own group. So are you doing ministry? Are you mentoring someone or being mentored in a relationship, accountability? And are you multiplying or sending them out, the people you mentor? It takes time. The people you mentor, it's a relationship. It's a journey. You can't do any of this without intimacy with the Father. So today we're going to talk about being a difference maker who is walking in and operating from a place of face-to-face intimacy with the Father. Let's read John chapter 20, uh, verse, John chapter 10, verse 22. And we are going to look at this conversation where they're going to ask Jesus, are you the Christ? And he's simply going to say, I have face-to-face intimacy with the Father, and that's all the evidence you need. And basically, the Father and I are one. It says, it was the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch, And the Jews surrounded him and said, how long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. In other words, how do we know that you're God? By the way, uh, if you're a Christian, prove it. Same answer, by the way. Same answer. Jesus said, I told you and you do not believe the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness to me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish and neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. And then he says, the Father and I are one. When you see me, you see my Father. When you hear me, you hear my Father. My Father's will is my will. Number one in your notes, like Jesus, we engage in face-to-face intimacy by pursuing, by pursuing oneness with the Father. When I was in high school, um, I was a quarterback. I didn't want to play quarterback. I hated it. Wish I could have gone back and just said no. (laughs) But I was going to my senior year and I was a quarterback and the quarterback before me was in college. He was several years ahead of me. And I asked him, could he teach me the offense? So we met in the, at the school in the summertime before training camp, our summer camp. It was just me and him out in the field, and he was teaching me how to, you know, the footwork of taking the ball, handing the ball off, pitching the ball off, how to drop back, throw the ball. He was teaching me every step of all the different plays because of certain footwork that makes it work or not. He was teaching me what to look for in the defense and how to, how to, how to read the defense, and which is going to determine what decision I make. And we spent day after day, and then even when he wasn't there, I would go out and practice on my own. I was spending time and energy to do what he did like the way he did it. Are you pursuing the ability to imitate what the Father does? Are you pursuing to learn his words that you may say what he says, that you may think like he thinks, that you may have the desire he has? Look what it says in John chapter 10, verse 30. 
Jesus says, I and the, fa- and the Father are one. I only say the words he puts in my mouth. I only do the works that I see him doing. It's not my will be done, but thy will be done. When you see me, you see the Father. Over and over and over again, in every way you can slice and dice it, Jesus was demonstrating face-to-face intimacy or vulnerable proximity to the Father where his life was so wrapped up in the Father, he would do whatever the Father led him to do, whatever the Father put in his mouth. That was vulnerable proximity. I surrendered to you. It's not that he was just looking at him. He was submitted to him. John chapter 14, verse 9 to 11, Jesus says, I have been with you so long, yet you have not known me, Philip. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say show us the Father? I'm going to show you a picture of three people, and I want to ask you, is there any way that you could say these three people aren't related? Look at this picture. Obviously, that's me, and that's my son and my grandson. There's no way you, if I said, hey, I don't know those, I don't know those dudes. Oh, no. You see me? You see my son? You see my grandson? Three, three yellow brothers, okay, yellow fellas. When Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. When you hear me, you hear the Father. When you see me doing something, it's all about him. That is the ministry he did was based on that intimacy. Number two, like Jesus, we mentor others into face-to-face intimacy by encouraging them to place the needs of others before their own. Kyle Bucket was a Navy SEAL, and he was in Afghanistan on a mission with his JTAC, the guy who called the ordinances, the bombs from the planes, and he would direct them to where to give them air support. And they were up on a hill, and they ended up jumping into this this bunker, this area on the ground, and, and they heard a click, and they stepped on an IED. And they looked down and knew that and suspected that if they stepped off it, it would blow up. And so Kyle was a lot heavier than the other guy, and he heard God say to him, I got you. Now, that's a whole lot of faith. Because if they step off this thing, as soon as the weight goes off, The bomb, it blows up and they die. Three times he heard God say to him, I got you. So he told his JTAC, you you leave. Matter of fact, his JTAC pointed down and said, we just stepped on something. And he says, you leave. I want you to be safe and then I'll get off second. And if what I heard is right, I'm going to be good either way because I'm going to trust God. And by the way, sometimes God will tell you he got you, but you have to trust what that means. Because it may not mean what you want it to mean. But it does mean what's best for you. So Kyle said, you go. He left. The other guy left. And he's left there and he says, I'm going to step off this thing. But I'm trusting that God told me this won't blow up. Obviously, it didn't blow up because he lived to tell the story. And as he stepped off, nothing happened. And they later found out. There was 10 pounds of bomb underneath his foot. It would have, underneath his knees, it would have blown him to bits. But what he did was he says, um, I'm going to consider your needs better than my needs. You know what the Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 17? Therefore, Jesus 
Therefore, my father loves me because this is what Jesus said. I lay down my life for my sheep. Philippians 2, 4 and 8. Let each one of you look not only on his own interests but also in the interests of others. Let this mind be in you which is in Christ who being in the form of God did not consider robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bond servant. And coming in the likeness of man, he being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. He put the needs of others first. Face-to-face intimacy is saying, God, here I am, and just take me by the hand and lead me. And he says, I want you to go down. This is what Jesus did. Jesus says, you and I, you're going to go down, and I'm going to be with you, and you're going to do what I say. You're going to say what I say. You're going to fulfill and complete my will. This is the Father, that thy will be done on earth, that is, is in heaven through your life. And we're going to do that because we're going to be in constant communication. And part of that is surrendering and putting the needs of others before you. And number three, like Jesus, we multiply face-to-face intimacy by releasing others to the Father's call. Everybody in your life, God has a call in their life. Your job is not to make them like you. Your job is not to make them do what you want. Your job is to say, how can I facilitate and encourage you to be what God has called you to be? As you're listening to this right now, I'm telling you God has a call in your life. I have no idea what it is. But if I release you to God and I release you to have face-to-face intimacy, vulnerable proximity, if I put your hand in his hand and let him guide you, boom, the rest is going to be history. Now it's between you and him, but you have to trust him. You have to pray to him. You have to have vulnerable proximity, intimacy where God is leading you, guiding you, where you are saying what he wants you to say. You are doing what he wants you to do. You are doing what you see him doing. Often when you are talking to someone, you need to be asking God, God, what are you already doing in that person's life? And how do you want me to partner with you in what you're doing in their life? It's not on you. So John chapter 17, verse 23, look what it says. He says, I do not pray for these alone, but I also pray for those who will believe in me through their word that they may be one as you, Father, and I in me and I in you, that they may be one in us, God, again, that there will be oneness, face-to-face intimacy, and that the world may believe that you sent me. Let me tell you something. The reason that we are releasing people into the world who have face-to-face intimacy with the Father is that the world may know. Because when you walk with God, people are going to say, how did you know that? Where do you get your peace? Where do you get your power? Why are you always so calm? Where do you, where do you get your patience, your kindness? How do you forgive that person? Ha, because the Father and I are one. When a dad walks his daughter down the aisle at a wedding, he's, she's on his arm, and then he comes and down to the altar, kisses his daughter, and then he gives her hand into the hand of the would-be husband. Who gives his daughter to be the bride to this man? He gives as a, a disciple who makes a difference. You have to do ministry from face-to-face intimacy with God. It has to be based on your 
intimate knowledge of his plan for your life, his intimate knowledge of his gifts, his voice, his will for your life, you have to do ministry from a place of intimacy with the Father. You have to encourage, and, and encourage others from a place of intimacy and become so much with, one with them and their plight. When Jesus became a man, he surrendered himself and became a man and became so intimate with us that his oneness with the Father led him to be one with us in his humanity. And then the third thing is that we have to release others to have intimacy with the Father and say, as you mentor someone, you're saying, here, I'm, I want to teach you how to pray. I want to teach you how to rely on God. I want to teach you how to trust God. I want to teach you how to walk by faith. You are giving their hand into God's hand. You are not only showing them by what you do, you are not only mentoring what they do, but you're actually releasing them, leading them to a place where they need God. And sometimes they're going to ask you a question and, and, and your job is not always to give them the answer, but lead them to a place where they can hear God speak to them themselves. There are some of you right now. You go to church and again, you're doing religious things. This is not about doing religious things. This is about having an intimate relationship with the Father yourself. Where you can hear his voice yourself. Where you can say what he says through your mouth yourself. Where you, can, where you can be led by him and see what he's doing in people's lives yourself. That you would just know. You, it's something that you have to you'll experience when you walk in it. And so I want to encourage you in one very simple thing. Get in one of our groups and have a group of people that can help walk with you on this journey. Where you can start doing ministry, being mentored or mentored in ministry, and then multiply others in ministry from a place of intimacy with the Father. Because if you don't have a source of strength every single day that you draw from to get wisdom and insight and encouragement, you're going to get drained. I have people all the time ask me, how do you, you always give out, how do you get filled up? I have multiple people in my life, time with God in the morning, let me tell you something, the most powerful time you can have of all your day is not talking to people. Talking to people will drain you, it'll distract you, it'll frustrate you. It can be encouraging, but talking to God is always encouraging. Talking to God is always enlightening. And then you can now go do ministry. And then you can now go help other people. And then you can now empower other people. Then you can now be empowered yourself to walk out by faith. But it all comes from that place of vulnerable proximity where you are so close to God that you have surrendered the keys of your life to him every single day. I'm going to pray for you. I know a lot of you out there are Christian. So I'm going to talk to you. There are some of you who are not Christian. Great. You'll hear let me say something to you, but all of y'all who are Christian, our goal for this series is to get you in a group. We as a church want all of you to be in discipleship groups, our groups, so you can have mutual accountability to one another, where you can learn how to do ministry, mentor others in ministry, and then be multiplied to get your own group so the church can grow not only in numbers, 
but in kingdom of God impact. Because if all of you are learning your spiritual gifts and exercising those gifts in the world, the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of man, not the kingdom of a church organization, but the kingdom of God, because God's going to move you to different states and different countries or whatever, the kingdom expands where you go. So we want to get you into a group. So I want to, I want to pray a prayer over your life and lead you in a prayer of surrender. And this prayer is what it's going to be. It's going to be a face-to-face intimacy prayer, a difference-making intimacy prayer where you're going to pray, God, I want vulnerable proximity. In other words, Lord, I want to step from a place of being protective and having control of my life and you're over there, I'm over here. I want to move into where I am so close to you that I am stepping up here. And I want to be so close to you that I want to surrender everything I have to you. The Bible says in Genesis Chapter 2, when Adam and Eve, before they sinned, the Bible says they were naked and they were, they were not ashamed. In other words, naked doesn't necessarily mean they had no clothes on because they were covered in light and you couldn't see anything. But what was really true, that there was nothing hidden from each other. Everything was exposed emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And there was no shame. That you can be God, here's everything I am. Do with my thoughts, my actions, my desires as you will. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And then I'm going to ask you after the prayer, after I say amen, I want to challenge you to text groups to 52525. Start a group. Get in a group. Start a book club. It's all there. So we can have accountability. So we can do three things. Number one, minister, mentor. Multiply. That's a difference maker. Minister, mentor, and multiply. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, there are so many people in the Christian world who are going at it alone. They don't have accountability. They're not doing ministry. They're not mentoring anyone. They're not being mentored. They're letting the gifts that you have given them be buried in the ground. And therefore, they're not multiplying themselves. If you want to be a difference maker, someone who does ministry, mentors others eventually, and multiplies others. I want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I want to make a difference. And I know I need intimacy with the Father. I want to do ministry and use the gifts you've given me. I want to mentor others. And I want to multiply myself. So I surrender my life to you. I am drawing near to you. I want to be vulnerable with you. Give you control of my life. Control of my time. Control of my words. Control of my desires. I surrender my life to you. 
Use me to build the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you to text the word groups to 52525. Join a group, start a group, and let's start walking down this path to make a difference, to build the kingdom of God and be a difference maker. Don't be a church goer, a Bible study attender. Be a difference maker. God bless you, and I'll see you next week.